We have a saying around here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, no brains, no headache. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, boys. What's up? What's up? Damn, son, where'd you find this? It's a brand new show of No Brains, No Headache podcast. This is episode 89. I'm your host, Jordan Weichel, and shortly I'll be joined by my fellow host, Matt Cleary. On today's show, we have an interview with actor, comedian, and podcaster Johnny Pemberton. The Minnesota native joined us from Los Angeles to talk about his social media antics and how he approaches his comedy and characters. We also had to console a fellow Vikings fan and raise false hopes for the future. Thank you to Johnny for coming on the show, and make sure you give him a follow to check out his work. You will not regret it. After the interview this week, we did things a little bit different. For the first time since about 2020, we won't have Cleary's comments, but instead Matt and I will each give our list of top 10 favorite movies of all time. So we will have up to 20 movies discussed, and we will truly find out how bad Matt's taste in movies is after all. It's going to be a good time, and let us know what you think of our choices or perhaps your top 10. We will post a recap on all of our social media pages, so follow us at NBNH Podcast, and wherever you're listening, make sure you're following along and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. Give us a rating of up to five stars, and if you want, leave us a review, and we will read it on the show. Episode 89 of No Brains, No Headache Podcast is an NBNH Media production and is brought to you by Bree Chossie at Northwest Realty Group. Let's get it on. Okay. Let's party. We now welcome on an actor, comedian, podcaster. He's Johnny Pemberton. Johnny, thanks for joining No Brains, No Headache podcast. Great to be here. I have no brains and no headache. <laughs> well, that's good. That's perfect for our show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to start with some of your latest social media antics um, okay. that, I've, that I've been following pretty closely. Um, the first is I've seen people identify as a lot of things. Right. Um, did you recently change your Twitter to a seagull? Well, I recently changed it back to me, but I did. I was a seagull for a little while there. Yeah. And why, what, how did that come about? Well, my friend Duncan was a crab at the beach. And so I was like, I think I, I just thought that was really funny, especially at that during that time when it was like the worst time to be alive for a little bit there. So um, I was like, I think I'll be a seagull because it'd be fun to not be me. Oh, one that really hit home with me was uh, you said that your New Year's resolution was to stop eating cigarettes. And mm-hmm. that was also my New Year's resolution. <laughs> nice. We're, you have a lot in common with seagulls. I think seagulls are closer to people than we realize. Yeah, I went down a whole rabbit hole of uh, your social media. I just kind of was like, oh, I better check out, uh, you know, what your social media status is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came across one of these. Finest 9-11. Hey, oh, hey, oh, Jay-Z, downtown. Guitars. Oh, hey, restaurants, Times Square, desserts, pizza, hot dogs, mustard. Oh, it's a squirrel. Look at that. You just walk around New York just you know, yelling out whatever you see. <laughs> I was at that time. Yeah. I just, I think that the, uh, 
that's like such an old joke. Like we used to make fun and like years ago in college, we'd make fun of just yeah, people from New York always talk about the same stuff. And people from Miami always talk about the same things and people from like, just that's like this cheesy version of a stereotype. So yeah, I guess I would just, I just get really bored. And I, uh, that was simple as that. You know, do you get some, do you get some looks when you're doing that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think people in New York look at anything. You have to be so crazy to get looks there. Just look at the ground and try to fight off rats the size of beagles. Yeah, no one cares about anything there, I don't think, except for yeah. themselves. You're from, you know, Minnesota. We're from right. North Dakota. Mm -hmm. if, I think if you're doing that around here, yeah, you're getting a bunch of looks. But it's New right. York. You know, there's a lot of crazies out there. Yeah, a lot of crazies. It's maybe <laughs> almost more crazies than not crazies. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we're all a little crazy. Uh, the uh, character you came up with for your TikTok uh I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but what you call, is it garbage trucks? Uh, I, garbage. I garbage. Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, wh where did that character come from? Because that's uh, kind of sounds a lot like 50% of people that live in North Dakota. Yeah. I think I was just driving one day and I was uh, just make during the vine days. I was driving my neighborhood back from the grocery store and I was just, thought it was funny if I was said that um, to be like defensive about something that no one's defensive about. Cause I think the first video I ever made was people keep telling me that I don't like garbage trucks, but I, I do like garbage trucks. Like the idea that someone would, would tell someone like, Hey, I heard you don't like garbage trucks. And they'd be like, no, I do. I really do. Why would you say that? So it's just a guy who's defensive about something. No one's defensive about. Then it just kind of like from there, I don't know. I just started making, I did a thing where I was like trying to make a video every day for all of November. I did that probably like in 2017, maybe 18. I'm not sure which year it was, but I did it. My friend Doug and I each made a video every day for the month of November, just like a one minute video to post on Instagram. And I did that character a couple of times, once or twice during that. And it's just something where all these, I that stuff is just me goofing around. Like I like to, uh, I really enjoy just like being in a different person's brain i guess i like a different perspective to me it's really fun because it, and it feels good to do that because it's like a departure from uh reality yeah is that like part of your maybe coming up with your jokes is just kind of staying fresh of doing just you know funny random videos like that maybe challenging yourself to do like 30 videos in like 30 days yeah i think it's a big part of it a lot so much stuff is just you have to force yourself to do it otherwise you won't do it at all. I, for me, for sure. And also I think it's something where, um, I don't know. It's just like, um, yeah, it's like a thing where you, to stop yourself from overthinking things, you have to just make it a, do the thing. And if you do it enough, it'll, it'll be good. Cause a lot of times I'm just trying to make, I'm just trying to make myself laugh really truly with it. With those character videos, I'm always just trying to be like, what, what do I think is funny? Because a lot of times I am laughing at myself in that because I'm like, this is so stupid. And, it, and you'll think of something in the moment because you're just kind of like uh, free flowing or something. So you just think of something that pops up and like, oh my God, it's so funny. And so I'll like, sometimes when I make stuff like that, I'm like laughing at myself. I mean, I guess I'm not really laughing at myself. I'm laughing at the idea that it just popped into my head. Like making yourself laugh at a joke, I guess. Yeah, I think that's really important. I don't know. I mean, that's the only reason anyone ever does comedy, I think. I, I hope, I think so. I mean, obviously, some people don't do it for that, but 
if you don't think it's funny, then it's definitely not going to be funny to anybody else. It's like staying, sorry, Matt, it's just like staying consistent of, you know, if it's your career of, of being a comedian and acting and, mm-hmm. and you kind of always have to have that jolly, funny, hyped up personality a little bit, uh, it kind of starts with you. So yeah, if you're not making yourself laugh, you know, how, how do you expect to make others laugh and, and, mm-hmm. you know, radiate that energy off of you? Yeah. It's hard sometimes though. It's almost impossible. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about um, your most recent podcast I'm about halfway through it. And you talked about dark comedy a right. little bit and I'm pretty sure I don't know the meaning of dark comedy, but mm-hmm. your uh, show coming up on Friday, which will be out before this show comes out, right. but it's uh was it reggae minnesota colostomy bag well yeah pretty close minnesota reggae colostomy bag but it's oh, basically the same thing. yeah but is uh is would this be an example of dark comedy me thinking the word colostomy bag is funny i don't know i suppose it would be actually yeah i think it's uh, i mean it might con- be considered poopoo humor or potty humor <laughs> as they say uh i don't know i think dark dark comedy is obviously something that's open to interpretation completely i think maybe that um it just means stuff that's like uh it's touching on subjects that normally you would not talk about and maybe touching on stuff it's ideas that are um like we all grew up telling dead baby jokes right like i think that's that's probably like i just i haven't thought about that in so long i've probably thought about that in 10 years i just but like all with dead baby jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's what came to my mind. The Corvette and a pile of dead know babies. That. What's the difference? I don't uh, know. I don't joke. have a Corvette in my garage. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's well, see me, you guys in hell. <laughs> that's dark. That's dark, but it's also something where yeah, it's very dark. But it's <laughs> it's good though, because it's 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 if if it wasn't a joke, the, the fact that it's a joke means it's not true. Right. That means it's like, well, at least that I don't know anymore, but I know it's, it's like good to joke about things that are bad because it takes the power out of those things. Especially in modern day, like, how oh, do, yeah. do you ever like tread a line where it's like, Oh, I don't know if I should have said that. I don't know. I mean, sometimes I do, I guess sometimes I find myself being overly aware because I'm thinking about the audience too much. And that's really bad to be like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said uh, this word because it's like it's currently a word that is not um, considered to be okay, which is so funny because you think about it. So many words just there's like they cycle in and out. It's like, oh, yep. we don't say that word now. It's like, really? I, like, like someone in June me, like, of 2020, it was fine. And now it's not yeah, okay. <laughs> there's so many things where that some words are okay, some are not. Obviously, some words are always not okay and some words are always okay but there's some stuff where it's like you're just getting your point across and you're not you're not trying to the point is not the word the point is something else and the word is just a vehicle to get there and i'll say something where i'm like i I, i'm aware of it in the moment and that shuts down my it shuts down my brain in terms of like oh now i'm not present because i'm thinking about what i just said and that's and you never want to be in that space. I don't like being in that space because it's like um, it's, you're not you're not present. So sometimes you just have to. I think a lot of times you have to just get in a space. Sometimes certain chemicals help to get in a space where you're kind of 
you're not thinking so much about what you're doing. You're just doing it. I don't know what uh, I'm saying anymore. I think what was the question? <laughs> this, it was dopamine in there. <laughs> yeah, dopamine's probably yeah. Those are the those are the the natural chemicals. I mean, I I think it's for me like <clears throat> doing stuff hey. after the pandemic. It's like uh, you know have have a couple have a beer or two. Have like uh, smoke some weed. Do something that's kind of maybe it gets you out of your head a bit and not to be, not to be precious. Cause I think anytime people are precious with something that really stifles it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that, uh, that hits home definitely in, in what we got going on today. But mm -hmm. uh, I want to get into uh, how I started following you, which was the show Superstore. Um, uh -huh. I obviously knew who you were. Um, my sister and sister-in-law would kill me if I didn't ask you about the air horn sound. Yeah, man um what do, was that improv or did yeah, they it was like improv'd. no i just came up with that because it's something where i used to do it on this cartoon called pickle and peanut it's this disney channel cartoon i did for a couple years with john heater napoleon dynamite john heater yep uh and it's just great it's like it's like the funniest show i watch it i used to watch it and i was i would forget that it was my voice because i was enjoying it so much but that show i used to i started doing it on that show I think I did it on the pilot for that show. And that character just did it every episode all the time. Cause it was about these two characters, a pickle and a peanut that work at a little supermarket run by like a Swedish guy. And they're like, have like a little rap group. They're like kids, you know, they're like kids in supposedly Reno, Nevada. And they would be like wanting to do raps and stuff. And I would do that horn. I heard it first. Uh, there's this, there's a SoundCloud account. I think it's called CVS bangers. And it's like all songs like Lady in Red. And it's like pwah, 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 CVS bangers. <laughs> so it plays all this like, um, you know, mellow drugstore music. But then it inserts all these like Power 106 uh, drops in there. Like you're listening to CVS bangers with the air horn. And so I listen. That's what I'm thinking about when I was doing it on the Pickle and Peanut show. And I just did it on Superstore. I don't know. Remember. I do not remember the first time I did it. It must have been the pilot. God, I don't even know. I have to look back. I, like that stuff is, I don't really look look watch that stuff at all anymore. It's just it's, you know I lived it for so long. But it's just something I thought was funny because it's like a, it's a rap mixtape sound, and I had did it done it so much in the studio for the cartoon that it was just in my mouth. Yeah, I I, I love that too. And this is a little bit of a, a deeper cut, but uh. One of my favorite movies that, well, maybe of all time, is Action Point. And, okay, wow, uh, that's cool. I mean, Never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but uh, I have pretty wow. like I don't know. Some movies I like are just not like other people don't. If that well, not makes a lot sense. of people saw that movie. That movie did not get seen by a lot of people. Well, your character has like one of my favorite. I think it's your character that's like when you go to the town hall meeting and you're like, they're selling beer so cheap. I wonder uh, if I said that. I don't remember. I always remember saying something like, the girls are going on the zip line and they're showing their titties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that that movie like got me down a rabbit hole of the real action point. And did you Oh, ever, it's like, crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know did, all about you, it. Yeah. Did you know that beforehand going into yeah, that? Yeah, I knew I spent like a long time reading about everything because it just it's so funny. I remember reading that Wikipedia or reading some article about it. Now because we shot that in South Africa. And I had like so much time to myself to not because it's just I don't know I didn't have a, didn't know a whole lot of people down there and also even then 
just had a lot of time off. And I was like, uh, just reading about the article. I was just laughing. I was laughing out loud by myself, reading about some of the crap that went on there. Like, it seems, it doesn't seem real. Some of the stuff, like the names of some of the things and some of the stuff that happened there. It's absolutely unreal. It's so stupid. But some of the things they were doing and then the, how it actually translated to you, like, oh, we took the brakes off the Alpine slide. Like, yeah. No wonder people died on that. Yeah, but they had a great time. I thought that documentary is fascinating. <laughs> great, great yeah. time before they just plummeted to their death. Exactly. Staying on the like acting point, so I was trying to figure out how to introduce you, and I was like looked up of all the things you're in. And I'm like, okay, if I do that, I'm gonna get to the end of it, and like, okay, thanks for joining us, Johnny. Right. Um, but was there anything that I know you've probably done a million auditions, but was there anything that you interviewed for a role mm. and didn't get it? And you're like, dang, I, I was almost Jason Bourne or John Wick. Oh, or... I'm trying to think here. That's a good question. No one's ever asked me that before. Um, I mean, for the most part, I tend to completely and totally forget anything after I submit the audition or after I go on the audition, because I think that's, you have to, otherwise you would, you would lose your mind. You become so super depressed. God damn. There's so much stuff. Um, or you interview, yeah. So you or you like audition for a certain role and then get a different role or something like that. Well, that's hap That's my that's my career. Everything I've ever done, like has been. That's how I got Twenty One Jump Street. I would it didn't go out for the role I got. That's how I got. Uh, so much stuff has been. You get you audition for one thing and they're like, oh, you're not right for that, but you are right for this other thing, or they're like, uh, that was bad, but. The next project they comes to them is like, oh, I see what your bad is now good in this. I think the thing, the only thing that comes to mind for me was how a lot of times the stuff where, oh, I dodged a bullet. Like it wasn't some sort of thing where, oh, I would have been so great to have that, to get that part. God, I really don't know. Cause it's, I don't know if there's ever been something that was, it was really notable. They're probably as I'm just totally forgetting it. Cause I just don't know what it was. Uh, I think probably the thing that comes to mind is the, that movie, the entourage movie. Did you see it? No, no one saw it. I don't know why you would see it unless you're really into entourage. I guess I watched like, it. <laughs> okay. You saw, it. I mean, it's like, it's like a fan movie for entourage people. Cause it came out so far after the movie, after yep. the show that the Haley Joel Osment's part. I had like four auditions for that. I had like a two hour long audition. And the thing that was, the, the writer creator of it at the beginning was like, so we want this to be like a Haley Joel Osment type. I'm like, okay. And then it's like, you just cast him. Like, why did you make me come in for all this shit? <laughs> if you're just going to cast the person that you wrote it for, it was such a waste of time. And it was like, oh yeah, of course he's, this is who is supposed to do it. Cause you watch the performance and it's by the letter, the exact same size as the audition, like not no different whatsoever. I was like, yeah, this is him. It's for him. It's not for me. So I also think that too, if you don't get something, it's not like it was ever, I don't know how to describe this. It's like a thing where if once another person does the role, it was never your role because you are that, you are that person kind of thing. I don't, like, it's just, the yeah, I can't, I can't be like, oh, I God, I wish that was me because but once the thing is made, the person who is playing that role 
they become the thing and there's no way you can be another person. Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Weasley. <laughs> Basically anyone in the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah. You can't be anybody else. Nobody else. Yeah. Can be that. No one else could be that, but that's not, it's only because that's just who we we've watched and it would be a different thing. If someone else was in there, it would probably be just as good, but it would definitely be different. I do love when they recast roles of oh someone that's just like, it's clearly a different person, like Aunt, Aunt Viv and Fresh Prince, yeah. uh, Lori in that 70s show. It's just like, oh, why could Lori? Just Who's like, Lori? Oh. Uh, Eric Foreman's sister. Oh, yeah. Oh, she got they, recast, didn't she? Yeah, because I think the actor or actress died. Or, oh, my God. Like, I didn't know that. It, or was in rehab or something. Jesus Christ. Well, how I. I don't know if I was, I was just going to say, well, I hope she's dead. Cause I said she's yeah. dead, but that'd be a terrible thing to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God. Very, I hope she's bad. dead. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think that, you know, when we, uh, I put this up on the board, uh, as the Johnny nipples, uh-huh. uh, interview, but cause I think Johnny's a great name to build off of. I mean, you got Johnny cash, mm-hmm. you got Johnny tsunami, Johnny fair play. Uh, how do you feel about the name Johnny? Do you have any nicknames? I don't know. I don't think about it that much. I don't love the name Johnny, but it's too late. I'm priced really in. Is. Yeah. I, I mean, I sometimes I feel like it's like it's too much. There's too much on it. Sometimes I don't feel like being that guy. I feel like I want to just be like a like a Dave, Wayne, or like a, a Jeff or a Wayne. A Wayne, yeah, I'd like to be a Wayne. Just someone like I want to be like a um, a one syllable name, like my Joel. name is Jeff. It's Hefe, man. Yeah, nice I mean that... <laughs> so you don't like Johnny, you'd rather be a Dave or a Jeff. Sometimes, sometimes. Like sometimes I just don't feel like showing up. You could go by your middle name, which I don't know how to pronounce. Yeah, I don't think that would work out very well, would it? <laughs> I a lot of times we'll go by Kevin. I'll go by Kevin sometimes. This is Kevin. I think that fits. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think Kevin. When you've been in so many different things and portrayed so many different people, you could almost be whoever you want and you do a pretty good job at it. You kind of can. I mean, it just depends on most people believe what you tell them. If they don't know you otherwise, they have no reason to believe anything. They have no reason not to believe anything. Like if you say it with a straight face, if you go into Starbucks and you say your name is um, anal wish, they're going to be like, well, his name's Anal Wish, and we're just gonna write and it on still there. Still spell it wrong on the cup. <laughs> probably, probably on purpose, because <laughs> they don't have any reason to believe otherwise. So, yeah, it's really weird how much people. Like that's the thing I don't I think I realized a few years ago. Just like, especially with stand up and stuff, where you can't you you bring so much of your own idea to something, and you realize that most people they have no idea at all, and they're not coming in with any expectations. They're just like. Well, if you tell me this is this is that, I'll I have no reason not to believe you. Yeah, I recently started telling people I'm from Denver. I don't know why. Right? Not people around here. I was I was just like out of town one time. They're like, "Where are you from?" I'm like, "Uh, Denver." I don't know why. It just felt right at the time. I don't know why I did that, but I did. Now you're Denver. Seeing that if I if my first name was Johnny, I could be Johnny Denver. Oh, that's John a good Den- one. John Denver. Yeah, it's just John. John Denver. Denver. Yeah. I also Johnny Paycheck. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. See, and I, like I'm a Survivor fan. Johnny Fairplay. He does not 
play fair at all and that's the irony and it just rolls right. off the, the tongue johnny fair johnny play, fair I mean. play. yeah johnny, who's I'm, johnny tsunami again disney uh, can't disney channel character oh, right, about okay a, yeah a hawaiian who snowboards and then dirt boards in the second one pretty good film nice <laughs> uh, well i see you got some vinyls behind you yeah you know, those are books uh no it's that they're records to. you got a I johnny mean, paycheck record I have some giant paycheck records in there somewhere. Right on. Yeah. I have a lot of records. I've collect, been collecting records for a very long time. I've stopped collecting kind of, not didn't stop, stop. I just pulled back about 90%. So um, I don't know. I, I love music. I, I always will, I suppose, hopefully, as long as I can hear. I just like, uh, I like a lot of reggae and I like a lot of uh, soul music, a lot of jazz and a lot of uh, R&B and stuff like that. World music. I've got African music too. I've been getting deep into Motown's greatest mm. hits on Spotify. <sighs> that shit's insane. Endless <laughs> hours of entertainment. Yeah. It's, there's stuff on there. I mean, to me, I like the Stax stuff, I like the Southern Soul even more. Motown's obviously great, but to me, the stuff from Memphis, like Stax Records and High Records, if you listen to the Stax Records catalog, that is that shit's incredible. I was just going to say you're joining us from uh, you're out in Los Angeles. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're originally from Minnesota. Right. So like where have you kind of like where has your path taken you throughout the years? Like where have you lived at, uh, you know, in your time? I lived in Florida when I went to college, Florida State, for about four and a half years. And oh. then I lived out here. And that's it. Except for times I've been on movies and stuff. I shot a movie in South Africa for three months, I guess. So that's one of the longest I've spent someplace that wasn't, um, yeah, that was a long time. I spent a lot of time in New Orleans because we shot 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street in New Orleans. Spent a bunch of time in Atlanta, shot some movies in Atlanta. Otherwise, I mean, I've been, um, I don't know, I've traveled a lot, a, a whole lot. I've been really lucky to travel a shitload um as a young person and as a comedian i got to like i i i feature for duncan trussell a lot i can open with him because we're like you know best friends and i love performing with him because it's like his audiences are just like the best because they know me and so we can just have a lot of fun but we we've done we toured in australia and new zealand a couple years ago and that was uh i mean it's the greatest it's the greatest place ever and, well, uh, I, I don't know why you would know this, but why was Action Point filmed in South Africa? It is because something called money. Oh. <laughs> it is cheaper to do stuff there. They can do. They can get like three hundred extras for the price of like twenty extras here. So it's just your money goes so much further. And that makes sense. Yeah, I think they get a tax incentive too. Anytime. People film anywhere. Like if you film in Atlanta, if you film in uh, Oklahoma, if you film in uh, North Carolina, film in Minnesota, film in Vancouver, uh, there's maybe a few other states I'm forgetting, but they all have, they've all passed these laws to incentivize filmmaking and film production, TV production in their states. So you get a huge tax break Um, because they just want to bring those places there so they can get established and then the tax break expi- expires and you're all set up there. And you're like, well, we're all set up in Atlanta. We might as well just keep filming here. Or we're all set just, up in New Orleans. Yeah, or just move the entire set because that's got to be pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're talking about all these 
uh, you know, places that you've filmed and you've lived mm -hmm. for a short time, but you originally started from Minnesota, Rochester, right. Minnesota. Mm -hmm. uh, and that makes you a, a, a poor Vikings fan. Yeah. Well, believe Let's, me. Let's hash it out. Well, I just got into football basically during the pandemic. I I knew I mean, I'm not like I know like the rules of football. I've watched football games before, but I never really followed football. But during I made a conscious decision. I bought NFL Sunday ticket in 2020 because I'm like, I'm just gonna if I buy this, I have to watch the games. It's so goddamn expensive. I bought it and I would watch the games every Sunday. I watched all the games I could on Sunday. And then I, this next year, I just got even more into it because I just, um, because the Vikings were, I mean, <sighs> <laughs> that, that, that explains yeah, it. That's, that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> yeah. They, I, I just love them. I mean, something about the Vikings. I went to Vikings games as a kid. I was more about making paper airplanes and having nachos than anything and watching like the Tuffy tire contest on this big, on the Jumbotron before at the halftime and stuff like that. I wasn't into football at all. But now it's like just the color of the jerseys and all this stuff. It just makes me um, – I just love the Vikings. I went to a game. I saw them beat Detroit. Uh, when was that? Not Detroit. It was the, yeah, it was Detroit. It's the first Detroit game. It was in October. And it was like, oh, my God, it was so much fun. I could I was just like over out of, out of my head. I was so happy to be there. It was the first time I'd been to like a sporting event in like two years. But Did I don't you, know. I just I love the Vikings, man. Were you considering other teams or was it just like a no-brainer that no we brainer. like to call it that, you know, you're from Minnesota, you kind of got to go with the Vikings? Yeah, it was no-brainer because I just felt like anything else would be forced. And it's just fun to like a team that um, no one else likes, <laughs> at least around here. Yeah, I definitely around there. I mean, around here, obviously – a lot of Vikings fans, a lot of mm -hmm. Packers fans. Fucking Packers fans, man. There's something oh, that pisses me off more than Packers fans. I'm so sick of Packers fans in Minnesota. And people, <laughs> that's it's the worst. Like, get go. What are you doing here? Just in Wisconsin. Like, I know it's similar, but it's not. You should never be a Packers fan in Minnesota. I don't care. Doesn't make sense. You can be a Packers fan anywhere else. Just don't be a Packers fan in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I kind of had that dilemma when I went to the University of North Dakota and all these mm -hmm. Minnesota people would come, and I'm like, what are you doing here? Get out of here. And then I was like, well, uh, if they weren't here, probably would not be as big of a school as it is, not right. good at hockey, not good at anything without the goddamn Minnesotans. But, hey, I'm going to call an alliance between the Minnesotans, North Dakotans. They're okay, but right. you cross that line into Wisconsin, just, you, I can't take it anymore. I love Wisconsin. I do. But the I people, just, the Packers fans. Packers I fans. I hate the Packers fans so much. They just <laughs> suck. The problem uh, also, is the Packers are so good. They're so goddamn good. Yeah. That's what I hate about the Packers is they're just like unbelievably good. I think that's where all the hatred stems from. I don't think do – you, do you hate the Lions? No. Why would no. we hate the Lions? Domination for years except this year. Uh, first loss – our first win for them of the season – but I mean, besides that, you're dominating the Lions all the time. You're not gonna yeah. hate the Lions fans. They don't have very many. But then the Packers yeah. are so good. Yeah, you're gonna hate the good guys, of course. Yeah, it's also just that they have like a smugness about them. Yep. The whole, they're they're so like the fact like Lambeau. It's just it's all it's all so wonderful. Like they have like the best food at Lambeau. They have this 
it's collective ownership. There's just so much self-righteousness with the Packers that appears like self-righteousness to me. I just, <clears throat> I just can't stand it. I mean, the, the ownership of the Packers has to be the biggest scam money-making thing ever. Like I don't know one by one foot plot of land in Scotland, mm -hmm. um, which is pretty much similar, just less expensive than owning a piece of the Packers. Yeah. But people I, love it. I have a friend from Wisconsin, sort of. He's Canadian, so it's even worse. And he has Packers ownership, and he he's a great guy. But, I mean, we always make fun of him about his stupid part ownership of the Packers. The same, I'm just jealous. I'm honestly jealous. I would love to have part ownership of the Vikings. I would be so into that. Uh, you can just go buy a ticket to U.S. Bank Stadium and yeah. get the full experience. It's about the same cost of part ownership. That's true. <laughs> Poor Metrodome. Didn't last very long. Is that where you're going to football games at? Was the Metrodome? Yeah, let's go to the Metrodome. Yeah, that was Ma a Mainly for the uh, the doors. Remember when the doors would open? They'd push you out? Yeah, the pressure would just... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was the, the only reason here. I wanted to go because, and sometimes they would have they wouldn't open those doors. You have to go through the uh, revolving doors. I was so disappointed. God, <laughs> so I don't even want to go to the game anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if you heard the story about the the old the first the met the the first Metrodome that when they closed the second Metrodome, they had to have like a ton of security because look, look it up. It's an it's honestly a, a funny story because. Mm -hmm. The, when the first Metrodome closed, like everyone just ransacked the place and like stole all the seats. And like, if it was remotely could come off the wall, they were just taking everything. <laughs> wow. There's like 40,000 people that just, once the game ended, just broke everything. They deserve it. They, yeah. they deserve all that. Well, I mean, didn't they tear it down? Oh, yeah, they tore it down eventually. So, I mean, they, if anything, they saved the money on demolition. God. That's people just can't do. stand it. Yeah, they should do that with all stadiums. They just allow the people who have been going there for years, buying nachos for years, to ransack the place. It's only right. It's like the Berlin Wall, but a stadium. Yeah, exactly. And you just go on eBay and you find all these stadium seats for sale. Oh, that's weird. Where'd we get those from? <laughs> Why are the bolts missing? <laughs> oh, I'd like to get some stadium seats. Yeah, some uh, some Viking seats. So you're you're a you're a newly Vikings fan. That's mm -hmm. awfully interesting. Um, I just want to say, Johnny, I'm right there with you. Let's thank you. Let's deal with it together. One day they'll maybe win a Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't really want to say it, but maybe that's the ultimate goal. So hopefully they do it. I'm right there with you, man. That's awesome. Skull. Yeah, God, they've they're they're such a uh, losing team. It's ridiculous. Well, uh, Johnny, my, my last question for you is uh, where can people find your uh, streams, your shows, your if you socials? Just Google, if you just Google Johnny Pemberton or use any type of search engine to use my name. You can find me on Twitch. I'm on there on Mondays. You can find my podcast. It's up every week. It's uh, live to tape and all this stuff. You just you just look it up. You'll find it. Yeah, I watched uh, before I got, I got to the studio a little early, and as I was setting up, I watched – I just threw on your interview with uh, – Tom Segura, uh, your mom's house. Is okay, that... yeah. Yeah, and I was, yeah. That, was, that was quite the interesting yeah, uh, that about 10, great. 15 minutes of an interview. So definitely check that out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, they have a great podcast. I love being on there. Yeah, I learned a lot about you very quickly. So I feel like we're really good friends already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. We really appreciate it. Likewise, guys.
Episode 89 of No Brains, No Headache podcast is brought to you by Bree at Northwest Realty Group. Every day, Bree makes wise decisions such as being ahead of the game and getting her ads on the podcast platform. She wants you to make a wise decision by contacting her if you're considering a real estate transaction in the North Dakota area and want to stay ahead of the market. If you consider yourself a mogul or you have no clue what's going on, Bree will make your experience stress-free and easy, almost as easy as remembering her phone number. You can call or text her at 701-426-4262 to get started. There are so many realtors out there, so it can be hard to find someone you trust during what could be an overwhelming experience. Let me tell you with confidence that Bree will take good care of you. She has a can-do attitude and has found her calling in the real estate business. Thank you to our sponsor, Bree at Northwest Realty Group. Reach out to her at 701-426-4262 for all your real estate needs. Throwing a curveball at you, usually at this time we do Cleary's comments, but this week we decided to do something a little bit different. We, did, we threw out the idea that we are both going to go through our top 10 favorite movies list. Now, going into this, I thought it would be easy. You know, I love movies. I'm a movie buff. Everybody loves movies. It's kind of that time of the year. You know, the winter is wearing on us. We're watching a lot of movies. What can, what can I say? It happens. It's tough. It is tough compiling your top 10 favorite movies. What do you think, Matt? I mean, we said this about two weeks ago, and I was like, I'm not doing any research. I'm going to just start writing down movies as I think of them. And so my list was ongoing for these two weeks, and putting it together, I was kicking movies off. I was putting them back in. I was second-guessing myself. I finally got it narrowed down, and I'm really excited to see what you got. Yeah, absolutely. I'm th- I think I'm more excited to hear what your list is. Uh, we're going to work in descending order, so that's similar to the Olympics. But on this one, it doesn't matter if we have the same picks. Um, it should be interesting to see if we do. But let's let's just get right into it. Matt, you have the, the honorary Buffalo Nickel. Thanks, Bill. It doesn't really matter who goes first, but Matt's going to flip it in the air. And I'm if, gonna call if you it. call it, you go first. Heads or Buffalo, I'm going to go with oh, Buffalo. Let me flip that again. Okay. It is Buffalo. It is Buffalo. So does that mean I go first? Yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, okay. So top 10 movie list. We'll start with our number 10. Uh, we'll give you the name of it, do a little sound clip. Uh, then we'll have a little bit of banter for each one. So let's do it. My number 10 favorite movie of all time, it's a 2021 film. I went with Dune. What if I'm not the future of House Atreides? great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. But if your answer is no, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son. Pretty wild movie. Uh, I wanted to add something that was recently, but basically Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding was traveled to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people as forces explode into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence. Only those who can conquer their own fear will survive. 
Uh, by the way, all of my movie descriptions are if what you get if you type it into Google. So thank you uh, to Google for the movie descriptions. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I wanted to go with something made a lot more recently. This is based off of a 1965 sci-fi novel. Um, there was also one made in 1984. Uh, and, there's, and then this is based off of, there's three parts of the story. There's several books I have not read, and I probably will not read. Uh, but that means that mo more movies are coming, so that's why I found it to have a lot of potential. Uh, Dune Part 2 will be here in 2023. Have you seen the movie, Matt? No, I tried to watch it. I'm not smart enough for it. Yeah, Dune's great. I would suggest maybe just going over a quick synopsis similar to this one before watching it. It can get a little bit confusing. Um, my favorite scene, I couldn't really pick one because the whole movie is visually stunning um, and the story is, is told really well. It's not too complex. So like I said, I would, just, I would suggest uh, taking a glance at the cast and the storyline beforehand. And there you'll find my favorite character, uh, Stellan Skarsgård plays Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, a pretty badass character that plays a pivotal role. So Dune 2021 film, that made my number 10. I like the pick. Um, you haven't seen it, but you should watch it for I mean, sure. it's it's up there. It's It's got really good reviews, so I can't say anything bad about it because I haven't seen it. Well, hopefully what this segment inspires is Every time I hear somebody talk about a movie they like on a podcast and I haven't seen it or I haven't seen it in a while, I'll go watch it because I, I just need somebody else to tell me so. So hopefully people like yourself will watch Dune and the rest of the movies we list. I'm going to get into my number 10, and it is a 2006 film titled Accepted. Listen, guys, there are plenty of successful people who didn't go to college. Albert Einstein. Now, Pocahontas never went to college. Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, they had a great run. Both Lewis and Clark, Suzanne Summers, Bono. <laughs> Accepted, Bartleby Gaines doesn't get into college, so he creates his own with the help of his friends. And it is, it's full of one-liners. There was other comedies that were close to my number 10, but I thought this was an overall better movie than a lot of those storyline-wise. Um, my favorite scene from the movie is when he fakes his acceptance letter and he gets it and he opens it and they're like, his dad's like, what the hell is South Harmon Institute of Technology? And he's like, it's one of the most respected schools in the area. And he's like, I got accepted. And then he falls off the back of his couch. <laughs> <laughs> I got boned hard by every college I applied to. Why, Raph? So political crap. I got a zero on my SATs. You know you get 600 points just for signing your name, right? And that leads me into my favorite character is Glenn. Glenn is what we like to call a wild card. Everyone had one in his high school class. If you can't think of it, it was probably you. And he is just a burnout idiot. And he has some great one-liners in there. And accepted, I think, overall, with the cast of characters, Blake Lively, hot, and... <laughs> Uh, just a bunch of a uh, Jonah Hill, fat Jonah Hill. I think it's just overall a good movie. I love Accepted. Uh, honestly, not surprised to see it on your list now that I think of it. Um, of course, it's going to make your list. You know, why Why didn't I think anything other? Uh, yeah, Blake Lively looking good. 
great movie all around. Make a fake college with the acronym SHIT. I mean, doesn't and get much better than that. What's our mascot? The sandwiches? You realize that makes us the shit sandwiches? <laughs> uh, well, we've all been there. Excellent pick for the number 10s on our list. Uh, hopefully they got it started right, so let's just keep on going into our list. To my number 9 pick, I actually I had I changed this one a couple of times. I finally decided on one. I had to go with The Big Lebowski. Forget it, Donnie. You're out of your element. The 1998 film directed by the Coen brothers. Jeff the Dude Lebowski is mistaken for Jeffrey Lebowski, who is The Big Lebowski, which explains why he's roughed up and has his precious rug peed on in search of... Go ahead. In search of recompense... Or compensation, the dude tracks down his namesake who offers him a job. His wife has been kidnapped and he needs a reliable bagman. Aided by his hindered and aided and hindered by his pals, Walter, a Vietnam vet, and Donnie, master of stupidity. Had to go with this one. I had to get a Coen Brothers film on the list. We'll do some honorable mentions later and they may come up. Uh, but they just do an all around good job making a lot of movies. My Favorite scene, it's got to be the altercation between Smokey and Walter at the bowling alley where Walter believes Smokey was over the line and pulls out a gun. Over the line! Huh? I'm sorry, Smokey. You were over the line. That's a foul. Bullshit. Market eight, dude. Uh, excuse me. Market zero. Next frame. Bullshit, Walter. Market eight, dude. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey, Walter, come on. It's just, hey, man, it's Smokey. So his toe slipped over a little, you know? It's just a game, man. This is a league game. This determines who enters the next round robin. Am I wrong? Yeah, but I wasn't. Am I wrong? Yeah, but I wasn't over. Give me the marker, dude. I'm marking an eight. Smokey, my friend. You're entering a world of pain. All-time classic. Uh, John Goodman plays Walter. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I do have a question for you. Do you consider The Big Lebowski a sports movie? I mean, it is. Bowling takes place, and I guess you do end up finding out the results of of like how their season ends up, despite one of their players dying. Spoiler alert. Probably have a few spoiler alerts coming up, just FYI. Uh, all-time great scene right there. Could, really couldn't choose another one. My favorite character has to be Sam Elliott, the stranger who narrates. Uh, Sam Elliott is amongst the elite narrators. And I think quality narration can make or break a movie. I, I don't know if that's true, but it sounds prestigious. So, The Big Lebowski, my number nine. So, The Big Lebowski, great pick. I've all, It also ruined white Russians for me because... <laughs> I decided that I was like, oh, they're so cool. They're drinking white Russians. So one night I decided to drink, for lack of a better word, a shitload of white Russians. A lot better going down than coming up, and I haven't had one since. It's like when I watch that TV show Boardwalk Empire, they're constantly smoking cigarettes. It's like, wow, those actually, those kind of look appetizing. I don't, I don't actually smoke cigarettes, and I think they're, they're terrible. They smell bad. They're not great for you. Some reason you just well, you see it like the dude drinking white Russians, you can't help yourself but go nuts with some white Russians and just and you have a mustache, you got a cream mustache. What? 
Classic. <laughs> Good pick. I'm going to hop into my number nine, made in 1998. It's Mulan. You miss it. How could you miss it with three feet from it? What do you mean you're not lucky? You lied to me? And what are you, a sheep? So Mulan cleverly impersonates a man and goes off to train and fight with the Chinese army army accompanied by her dragon Mushu. She uses her smarts to help ward off a Hun invasion. And this is, I wanted to get a cartoon on my list. Okay. And this was my, this was my number one. I needed Mulan on my list. It's, it's a funny movie and it's a good movie. Um, the 1998 one. Yeah, I refuse to watch the of live course. action. Um, and my favorite scene, it it's, has to be something related to Mushu being an idiot. The sound clip that played when he realizes that his lucky cricket isn't lucky and he looks at the horse and asks, what are you, a sheep? Um, I'm going to go with Mushu strapping a comically huge rocket to himself. That's and he has one. the cricket light it to kill a guy. Uh Great. Don't they cause an avalanche? Uh, that's when they have one rocket left, and they cause an avalanche, and then Mushu goes sledding down. He thinks he grabs the lucky cricket, and it's just like a hun's hair and pulls up a guy's head, and he's like, ah! And he's like, ooh, and puts it back. I like the montage scene where they're, like, training for war. She's starting to get the hang of it. Yep. I'm glad we both went with 1998 films for... Our number nine pick. It was a good year for movies. And uh, my favorite character has to be Mushu, voiced by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I don't think Eddie Murphy could do any wrong in the 1990 to 2006-ish. And then I don't think he could do any right after that. So good year for Eddie Murphy. Good year for Mulan. Great year for movies in general. Yeah, I'm glad you had added a cartoon to the list. I'm glad you represented Disney Something we watched growing up as kids. Uh, so, yeah, great pick overall. Let's get into our number eight picks. Mine took a lot of debate here, and this one just had to be on my list somewhere. So I went with the 2013 film Wolf of Wall Street. So if I, if I, if I sell a stock at $10,000, my commission is 5000 bucks. If you sell $10,000 worth of this stock, I will personally give you a blowjob for free. And I hope it happens. <laughs> In 1987, Jordan Belfort, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, takes an entry-level job at a Wall Street brokerage firm. By the early 1990s, while he's still in his 20s, Belfort founds his own firm, Stratton Oakmont, together with his trusted lieutenant, played by Jonah Hill, and a merry band of brokers, Belfort makes a huge fortune by defrauding wealthy investors out of millions. However, while Belfort and his cronies partake in a hedonistic brew of sex, drug, and thrills, the SEC and the FBI close in on his empire of excess. Uh, this all-around all great film, the fact that it's you know, based on a true story. I know it's Hollywood, so some things are probably exaggerated and doctored up a bit. But not too far off, I would say. Jordan Belfort was a crazy uh, person all around. I don't mean that in a bad way, but just really, really extreme in everything he did. I'm honestly like the 
the when you find out the true story of it, because Jordan Belfort, the real Jordan Belfort, is out there, and he's constantly telling these stories, and he was really involved in the movie being made. And it's crazy that they didn't make a movie sooner. Yeah, that's and I like. Um, I guess you could call them biopics of like uh, movies that are based on somebody's life or like you know movies based on a true story. I, I like that it's movies like that for some reason. I don't know. It's just the fact that it's based on a true story, even though that's, you know, take that for what it's worth. I like those a lot more. So that's why Wolf of Wall Street had to be on my list. My favorite scene is uh, when he's teaching his buddies how to make a sales call. And he, he talks that guy up to making X amount. And he's like, got to talk to my wife, yada, yada. And then he just, he does it. And at the end, he's like, I think I'm going to have a beer. And, yeah. and I mean, all the guys are laughing. And he's like, Aerotine Technologies, cutting edge. And it shows a picture. And it's like a shed. It's like yeah. my shed in the backyard that has Aerotine on it. Exactly. Speaking of which, you need to write my company name on your shed since i go for it the only thing the only thing back there is my bike that could explode at any moment i got it from a thrift store and i just need a guy like jordan belfort selling my company shares of my company to wealthy investors so penny stocks uh my favorite character has to be jordan's dad max belfort played by rob reiner uh mainly because i can relate to him freaking out when anybody calls me Basically any time of the day. (laughs) Just, what are you doing calling me at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday? Who's got the audacity to call me at 10 to call me on a goddamn Tuesday night? It is true. I swear I'll I'll be busy, but I'll have my phone right next to me, not commuting, not doing anything laborious. And then the moment I get in my car, the moment I start doing something, I miss a call. So that's just, that's just the way it goes. But Wolf of Wall Street, number eight. Great number eight pick. I'm going to get into my number eight pick. And this is my scary slash thriller on the list. And it is the 2017 movie Get Out. You smoke in front of my daughter. I'm going to quit. She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. I'm good, actually. So Rose invites Chris to meet her parents. And the weekend takes an interesting turn. That is my synopsis of it. The other one was pretty long, but this is a great movie. I've only seen it like two or three times. It's one of those movies that is so good. It's stuck with me, but it is like top to bottom from start to finish. It like has me like in like I'm so involved in it. And basically what they do is their daughter starts dating a black guy and then they she brings them back for a holiday and they basically hypnotize him and somehow the parents have a medical suite in their house where he can change their brain to be hypnotized all the time and they transfer some old white dude's consciousness into it um yeah isn't it so they can like get his youth and then what they do with his body is just make him like a butler or a slave basically for the rest of their lives like i think they did that with some people like their grandparents yeah that were dying that they had stay there gotcha but they auction off like the guys like in the background and they just have a picture of him and they're like auctioning it off really quietly it's like yeah i've definitely i've seen that movie once 
I watched it all the way through. Uh, it's definitely one of those where at the end you're just like, holy shit, like that's what's going on. But like the, I get it now. The plot hole that I don't get is when like he walks into the house and the dad who plays the bad guy in Billy Madison yeah. is like, that's the basement. We had it sealed Eric. up. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's like, yeah, it's the basement. We had it sealed up because there was black mold. That does not happen in houses. They're not like, yeah, you know, this huge basement we have. Can we you just, just can you seal up mold and <laughs> yeah. nothing happens? We just sealed it up as like black blood. I'm like black mold can be taken care of. Trust me, I'm you sure filled, my house has a lot of it. You filled the entire basement with concrete. Yeah. So. But my uh, favorite scene is when he takes a deer mount off the wall and kills the dad with it. Yep. One of the better movie weapons. Yeah. Um, and then he basically kills everyone. Have we done Olympics of movie weapons? Yeah, and it didn't come up. We both had a wood chipper on it from different movies. Well, that's, that's good to see. <laughs> and uh, my favorite character, and I don't know if I can do this, but I'm doing it, is I'm going with the director, Jordan Peele. Yep. Because when I heard a movie was being directed by Jordan Peele, I didn't expect this type of movie and I didn't expect it to be so good because what everyone knows Jordan Peele from is Key and Peele funny skits where they're just off the reservation and doing funny stuff. But this was an awesome movie and, and like I had to have it on my list as my scary movie. I have to represent certain genres for me and it was definitely it. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking it so far. I, oh, it gets worse. I, yeah, well... I mean, the higher we go, the worse it gets. I'm glad we have, you know, a horror film represented. I, would you count it as a horror film, kind of? I would say more thriller, because you're thriller. never really scared. Yes, true. Suspense. True. true. Suspense thriller, if you will. No, good pick. Uh, I, I, I could have taken a million guesses at movies that would be on your list, and I don't think I saw that one coming. But number eights are taken care of let's move on to our number seven favorite movies of all time here on no brains no headache podcast episode 89 my number seven pick is the 2001 film out cold and now the three-peat champion of king of the mountain rick rambis Richard- okay here's how it works everyone must have a beer Beer? Okay, it's a race to the bottom. The first one to the statue of Papa Muntz with the most beer in your glass, Pigpen, shall be proclaimed this year's King of the Mountain. And as an added bonus, you also win the contents of Eric's stolen wallet, which are, Luke, two bucks, condom, expiration date 1997, and a picture of his grandma. No, that's uh, Nancy Reagan. Nancy Reagan. Yes! A bunch of snowboarding employees at an Alaskan ski resort try to outsmart a leisure mogul who has major redevelopment plans for the business, plans that include getting rid of most of the party-loving staff. Matters are complicated when the mogul's two daughters show up on the scene and it transpires one of them one of them dumped the resort's snowboard king several years before. Um, All-around great movie. We, we discovered this one quite a while back haven't haven't looked back since actually uh the podcast on youtube is the proud owner of this movie it was it was best money we've spent yeah uh it was it was a little outside of sponsorships of course um (laughs) 
it's just a great movie. I mean, you got to have the, the snowboarding movie is kind of hard to cover, but it, this one did a really good job. My favorite scene, um, that one has got to be. There's so many. There's so many good ones. Uh, that one has to be when pig when they do the drug test scene, um, and they they say pig pen go to the bathroom in the cup, and he takes a uh, shit in the cup. <laughs> it's, sorry, but it's hilarious. Uh, can't get much better than that. There's always the hot tub scene. We have a saying around here. Oh yeah. Yeah, no brains, no headache. <laughs> It's actually the names, the reason for the namesake of the podcast. So. Yeah, absolutely. Play that usually at the beginning of every show for good reason. That's the, uh, you know, the inspiration behind the name No Brains, No Headache podcast. My favorite character, surprise, surprise, it's got to be Stumpy. You know, smoke a little grass or drink a little ripple, crow like a rooster, maybe challenge the mayor's son to a gentleman's duel is uncouth against god that's all i gotta say about out cold it's fantastic go watch it right now i mean inga the guy's stepdaughter was basically when i discovered what a boner was (laughs) (laughs) and one of my favorite scenes like that just kind of like randomly pops into my head every now and then when He's driving the uh, snow machine. Uh, Stumpy's driving it up the mountain. And he like pokes his head out and he's like, Rick, I'm your father. And Rick's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it just blows him off. Yeah, it's uh, that is oh, a great movie. Great pick. I can't say anything else about it. I'm doing a lot of hand gestures. Um, I'm going to get into my number seven. And it is another uh, suspense from 2017. It is Wind River. I need emergency assistance. The Wind River Indian Reservation. This is by the same director that did Yellowstone, Taylor Sheridan. And it's kind of along those same lines. The They find a dead body. They find out that the girl is raped. And this animal tracker... Okay, I'll, I'll read what I have. Corey Lambert <laughs> is a wildlife officer who finds the body of an 18-year-old woman on an Indian reservation in snowy Wyoming... When the autopsy reveals that she was raped, FBI agent Jane Banner arrives to investigate. And investigate they did. Uh, it's, it's a great movie. Um, <laughs> Sounds basi- like it. Basically, Corey, played by Jeremy Renner, goes and finds that there's an oil, uh, like basically a man camp going on where the girl was dating one of the guys. Things went south, and... My favorite scene is at the end when he kills basically everyone that was involved in the rape except for the one, there's one guy, and he drives him by a snowmobile as far away as they drove the girl because the girl, like, drug herself five miles and, like, tried to get to the nearest town and ended up freezing to death. And he drives this guy up who's still alive and goes... I'm going to give you the same chance that she had and drops this guy off. And it's just awesome. And that my favorite character has to be Corey Lambert, Jeremy Renner. There's no close second. It is, it is a great movie. Wind river. Excellent pick. Let's get into our number six pick. Shall we? Uh, my number six, I went with The Dark Knight. A year ago, these uh, cops and lawyers wouldn't dare cross any of you. I mean, what happened? So 
what are you proposing? It's simple. Kill the Batman. Here's my card. With the help of allies, uh, Lieutenant Jim Gordon and DA Harvey Dent, Batman has been able to keep a tight lid on crime in Gotham City. But when a vile young criminal calling himself the Joker suddenly throws the town into chaos, the Cape Crusader begins to tread a fine line between heroism and vigilantism. Uh, my favorite scene has to be the opening scene of the movie of just, uh, you know, the school bus bank robbery scene. I was supposed to kill the school bus driver. But yeah. He just keeps stepping to the right. It's a great introduction um, into the Joker and, you know, call me basic, but the Joker is my favorite character played by Heath Ledger. Obviously, it was like one of the last movies. I think he he's did. the only person to ever win an Oscar post humorous or whatever they call it. Posthumously. Yeah, yeah, Matt, you I, in the English language, I don't know why you try to say big words that you don't know. That's on you. It actually makes you look. Yeah, never mind. I this gotta is look, not a life lesson. I got to look up the top what, 10 movies. Uh, yeah, The Dark Knight, 2008 film. I mean, you could go any way with oh, the actually, Batmans, but... Posthumous means occurring, awarded, or appearing after the death of the originator. Yeah, no, you got it right. You just did not pronounce it correctly. Oh. What's your number six film? Uh, my number six film is a 2012 film entitled Battleship. men have given so much to your country and no one has the right to ask any more of you but i'm asking alien invaders have arrived on earth with plans to steal earth's resources when a confrontation with the invaders knocks out the navy's radar capabilities america and japanese forces must work together to find a way to save the planet i know you are sitting over there saying god damn it matt but I rewatched this movie two days ago just to make sure, and man, I was juiced after it. It is an awesome movie. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen it, and you know, probably never will. Just seems like a waste of ninety plus minutes. But well, my favorite scene from the movie is when. So what happens? The aliens put a dome around hawaii and so they can't get anything and there's three battleships in there it's actually that, a good call if i were to put a dome around anywhere and oh, hawaii's up the there. three battleships get destroyed and they're riding on this dinghy back to the mainland and they're like did you just say thingy dinghy like little boat yep and taylor kish who plays alex hopper friday night lights tim riggins the tv show yep um he is like we need to attack they're like we don't have a ship left and he goes we got a battleship and he looks at the uss missouri which is like from 1938 and he goes yeah we do and the guy's like that's a museum he goes not today and goosebumps happening right now thunderstruck by acdc plays as they're getting the ship ready that scene, look it up on YouTube. It'll make you watch the entire movie, and it is a fantastic film. My favorite character, Alex Hopper, played by Taylor Kish. Total badass. The movie's got everything you want. Yeah, if you if 
you force Thunderstruck by ACDC, uh, it'll ruin it. Sounds like they're forcing it. Sounds like the movie is the game played in Harold and Kumar. Go to White Castle by the orange chicks in the dormitory. But hey, what do I know? I don't really, I, I don't have any rebuttal. Never seen the movie. I don't know what to say. Let's move on to our number five. Spare our listeners, uh, you know, their time. Number five, Shawshank Redemption. Making a few friends, all right, I wouldn't say friends. I'm a convicted murderer who provides sound financial plan. Andy Dufresne, played by Tim Robbins, is sentenced to two consecutive life terms in prison for the murders of his wife and her lover and is sentenced to a tough prison. However, only Andy knows he didn't commit the crimes. And while there, he forms a friendship with Red, played by Morgan Freeman, and he experiences brutality of prison life, adapts, helps the warden, and does it all in 19 years by eventually escaping. All around, great film. I mean, Shawshank Redemption, one could argue, is the best film of all time. Andy Dufresne. Thank you. I'm glad you did it. But yeah, it's it's regard, highly regarded by all of us. I really like it because, I mean, I I get why it's it's such a good movie because you all the like all the aspects of a good movie are taken care of with the storyline, the characters, um, the way it's shot, the way you find out everything. I mean, clear three hours out of your schedule, or do what I do. I've watched this movie so many times, I know exactly what happens. So now this has officially become my new nap movie oh it's so it's a great nap movie yeah everybody does it you you turn it on you watch like the first 20 to 30 you fall asleep you wake up right in time just to see how it all came out and that's actually my favorite scene is just when you figure out how um all of it comes together uh the movie is directed by frank darabont anybody who knows anything about movies great director Stories by Stephen King, so just all around great, great cast, great director, a great writer, and Stephen King. So, I, I mean, it's it's no secret that I suck at judging movies, but yeah. if you don't give Shawshank Redemption above a ninety percent Rotten Tomato scale, there is something wrong with you. I completely agree. Uh, my favorite character was Brooks because he was a sweet old man. Shawshank Redemption, 1994. That you're going to go with Jake, his bird. Also, the, Jake had crow, uh, a crow in the prison that has to be carrying some sort of disease. It was, it was the, it was the old, old days. The guy escaped from prison. You think they're worried about a, a raven? Okay, a, true. A, a black crow. Let me get into my number five, please. It is a 2000 clip movie. Titled, Remember the Titans. But you released this time. Louis, let him through, all right? What? Just let him through. Trust me. You had 12 brothers and sisters? Eight. Yeah, 12 sounds better. <laughs> yeah, 12 sounds better. It is, I needed a sports movie, and this was my go-to. There was one other that I was considering that is on my honorable mention, but I wanted Remember the Titans, it is a great movie with what it symbolizes and the fact that it is a true story and they were so good um, between Gary Bertier actually getting in a car accident 
and then winning the uh, Paralympic. The scene, the car accident scene was live. He <laughs> yeah. actually got into a yeah, car accident. They yeah, they, they just show the traffic cam footage from 1971. It's just blurry as shit. And that's when he lost his legs. But... Okay, I guess I can read the description. In 1971, a high school football team was everything to the people in Alexandria, Virginia. But when the local school board was forced to integrate an all-black school with an all-white school, the very foundation of the football's great tradition was put to the test. And by put to the test, you mean creating an all-star lineup of football players that was the number two team in the country. You poor things. You got you to handle adversity. Gonna look it straight in the eyes and handle it. Right here. Right here. Um, my favorite scene is Alan getting benched when he puts Petey in and Alan's dad absolutely having a meltdown. He's like, he's taking Alan out, and then he just stands up. He's like, Ghost! Ghost! Hayden Panettiere being he's like, he's getting beaten like he stole something. Calm down, little girl. And then Petey proceeds to play awesome, and Allen, played by Ryan Gosling, absolute liability at cornerback, takes himself out for Petey to play later on. Uh, there's a lot of great scenes. I think one of my favorites is uh, when they're all getting on the buses, and he uh, he publicly shames those guys in front of everybody. I, I just think that's a great way to put somebody in their place really quick. Or yeah, no, and, and one of those guys turned out to be a massive racist. So <laughs> it is full of that. Gonna weed them out when they walk into the restaurant and like, yeah, we don't have any room. It's like nobody's <laughs> in there. Which brings me to my favorite character. It's got to be Sunshine, um, mainly because of the one clip that I played. Just a dude. Yeah, that too. I mean, he was he was real bi curious in 1971. Good for him. Um, but when he comes into the game, he can't make a pitch, but he can throw a 40-yard pass. And he comes in, he goes, yeah, let him through. I and mean, the, then the coach is like, that's got to be a ten, or like a personal foul. And he's like, on the quarterback? That's true. I mean, this movie tackled, pun intended, uh, a lot of problems. I'll you be know, in my room. Racism, homosexuality with sunshine, of course. Uh, you know, they, they really did their job. And yeah. making football, you know, cure all the problems in our world. Great. Gary Bertier, All-American. Hayden Panettiere, what's up? Excellent pick, Matt. Uh, that was number five, correct? Yep. Okay, we're on to our number four. We're cruising right along. I'm going to do mine. It's a comedy made in 1995, Tommy Boy. Hey, I tell you what. You can take a good look at a butcher's ass by sticking your head up there, but wouldn't you rather take his word for it? After his beloved father dies, dim-witted Tommy Callahan inherits a near-bankrupt automobile parts factory in Sandusky, Ohio. His brand-new stepmother, Beverly, wants to cash out and close, but Tommy's sentimental attachment to his father's employees spurs him to take one last-ditch effort to find someone who will buy their products. With his father's tightly wound assistant, Richard, Tommy hits the road to scare up some new clients. Uh, my, um, Jordan, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. This didn't even come on my radar. Like, at, in general? It should have. Because it is... Yeah. I, and my, I, I knew this would happen, 
Yeah, no, but not, nothing. You were like, yeah, there's gonna be some I missed. No, my list is perfect in every way. I didn't miss anything. My, fa- I have brake pad scene, but the whole movie is about brake pads, and it's it's not even this scene, but we play it all the time. I don't believe it. Tommy just sold half a million brake pads. Tommy just sold a half a million brake pads. I'm talking about the brake pad scene where. He's like, you're driving along, driving along. And he grabs the dude's, like, model cars on his desk, and he's like, whoa, that was close. Now, let's see what happens if you use the competitor's brake pad. Other guys. (laughs) Driving along, driving (laughs) along. I got to go to the bathroom, Daddy. No, damn it. I should have uploaded the clip, but now I'm just going to verbally do it. (laughs) You got the new guy over in the corner. (laughs) Oh, oh. Here comes the meat wagon. (laughs) Yeah, that's the scene I'm talking about. I'm glad we could hash that one out. Uh, We probably just lost about 20 to 30 listeners right there. But if you don't like Tommy Boy, then I don't like you. And, and, you know, don't listen to this podcast. Please don't listen. Don't stop listening. Keep listening. Tommy Boy, brake pad scene. Uh, Chris Farley is my favorite character. Obviously, Bo Derek, his mom. Close second. Uh, I will say one scene from that movie that goes highly underrated when he's sitting on the bench and he's like, the company's going under, Michelle's pissed at me, goes through this like, list of things, and then the bench just breaks. Could have done without that. You only got diesel. <laughs> There's so many clips. Before I'll- we get into that, let's, let's move on because we could quote Tom. I think I could verbally discuss the whole movie. Like, oh, 100%. Right yeah, easily. Um, I'm going to get into my number four, also a comedy from 2010, The Other Guys. Damn it, Bob! Let me ask you something. What do you even do around here besides interrupt people? Well, uh, I serve as treasurer to the union. I, I make a, a wicked pot of decaf. <laughs> exactly! You're a worthless piece of shit! <laughs> when a seemingly minor case turns out to be a big deal, the two cops get to get they're the opportunity to finally prove their comrades that they have the right stuff. That is a very short explanation. M- Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell play kind of the lower tier detectives and he's an accountant for the police department, but also a detective. And this is like top to bottom. I think Tommy boy might be in there. You now forgot that about it, though. Yeah, I did. So how can it be in there if you forgot about it? Jordan, do not test me right I now. I mean, I thought of the other guys, but I consciously left them off my list. Yeah, you think I'm smart or something. You have Battleship as your number... Hold on, your number six movie. Have you watched it? No. Then you can't judge it. That's true, but um, judge it anyway. But the, but the other guys, as a lot of scenes that I wanted to like bring up, but I think... My favorite scene has to be when they find his Prius after it gets stolen. Um, the kind of underrated part that goes through it is when we're like, hey, we found your Prius. He's like, great. Trying to vote for Ralph Nader. And he's like, come on. It's called a soup kitchen. And he goes through and he's like, a mama raccoon came, blew placenta out the back. <laughs> Thought we found human lips, but it was a deer vagina. <laughs> Um, my favorite character is kind of an underrated one. It has to be Captain Gene. Oh, Captain Gene's great. Uh, he, he got two rapists on the loose. 
Wait, it's my other job. Don't worry about that. I'm working here, and I'm working down at Bed Bath & Beyond, put my son through NYU to explore his bisexuality and become a DJ. <laughs> I mean, don't don't ignore that. Just walk in pairs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Guess you're for the bath mats. <laughs> Played by Michael Keaton, and like the fact that he keeps quoting TLC songs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I want no scrubs. Like, oh come on. Would you, that's like a uh, like a cop spoof movie. Yeah, right. That's yeah, easily one of the best out there. And like uh, when they get bribed by the guy, when he's like, <laughs> I saw floor seats and I went blind. <laughs> Big girls don't cry. You totally undersold it. The pageantry. You know what? We don't need the water. I was very much looking forward to the water. Dude, honestly, though, cucumber water is great. The cucumber accents the lime. The closer we get to one, the more we have to keep in mind that we could sit here and probably quote them the whole time. Uh, So I'm going to move on. Number three in our top ten movie list, episode 89, No Brains, No Headache podcast. Uh, this one isn't very quotable, but it's still great. I'm going to go with Dances with Wolves. Still no sign of Captain Cargill's command. Though well supplied, I've decided to ration my goods as if I were part of a post instead of the whole affair. There's a wolf who seems intent on the goings-on here. He does not seem inclined to be a nuisance, however. And aside from Cisco, has been my only company. He's appeared each afternoon for the past two days. He has two milky white paws. If he comes calling tomorrow, I will name him Two Socks. Yeah, Kevin Costner definitely sounds like an illiterate in that uh, little scene there. But Dances with Wolves, made in 1990, uh, does not take place in 1990. A Civil War soldier develops a relationship with a band of Lakota Indians. Attracted by the simplicity of their lifestyle, he chooses to leave his former life behind to be with them. Having observed him, they give him the name Dances with Wolves. Soon he is a welcome member of the tribe and falls in love with the white woman who has been raised in the tribe. Tragedy results when the Union soldiers arrive with designs on the land. Uh, this one's, yeah, this is about a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour film, so you know, you're, you're going to want to take a half day, take a personal day, watch Dances with Wolves starring Kevin Costner. It doesn't get any better than that. Um, it's a little slow, but it's all around great. My favorite scene is uh, where the tribe comes over to his place, um, and they learn what Buffalo or Tatanka is. Like Kevin Costner literally has like a pillow stuffed in his back, and he's crawling around on the dirt, and all these uh, you know Indian folk are just looking at him with funny faces. And finally, they figure out he's trying to describe a buffalo or as they call it, Tatanka, and that's, like, the first thing uh, that they, like, that's the first word that they, like, figure out that they both know. So then it just builds from there. Um, They eventually take him on a buffalo hunt, which I think would have been absolutely crazy to experience. Like, the buffalo jump that they did when they would run a herd off a hill. I mean, genius. Yeah, it's smart if you think about it. Talk about inventions. The buffalo jump might be up there with the sliced bread and the phone. My favorite character is probably the wolf Two Socks, although his horse Cisco also a close second. So, Dances with Wolves, really great movie. That's my number three pick. I mean, I'll, I'll, I I like the pick. I've only seen it one time, but I didn't do myself any favors. 
seen it when I was in like the seventh grade. It's critically I, acclaimed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm critically an idiot. So um, I'm going to get into my number three. We got the first duplicate. I'm going to go with The Wolf of Wall Street. Ooh. Um, I was going to read it, but you literally had the exact same thing. Who the fuck has the goddamn gall to call this house on a Tuesday night? God damn it! You're going to miss it! Oh, please, tell me something I don't know. I wait all week for the fucking equalizer, and I have to fucking... Hello. But as soon as he picked up the phone... Gene, how are you, Gene? He'd affect this weird British accent. Right, oh, Gene, that'd be great. Cheerio. It was absolutely bizarre. The fucking halfwit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, when you, when you were talking about that scene, I'm like, oh my god! It's like, it is the scene that's like, I love that scene. The whole movie is fantastic. The way they... You can look up like YouTube videos of like him describing his team. He's like, I want this guy. And like the the king of Quaaludes, that guy when he's like, Tell your sister I was asking about her. She's like, a, Yeah, she doesn't want to talk to you anymore. Well, whatever. Get a pair of panties <laughs> next time you come by. Mom, we got chicken tonight or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- that movie is just so good. Um my favorite scene has to be the boat sinking. When he comes and he like slides and he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Go get the quail. He's like, "I'm not going down sober." I when I did my Wolf of Wall Street, I had that typed out as my favorite scene, and then I thought about it. And isn't he in in the movie? I'm not saying this happened in Jordan Belfort's real life, but in the movie, doesn't a helicopter save them? And then as it's like taking off, it just crashes it crashed like in real life that same plane crashed like two weeks later i think okay but it it did it did crash um another one i was thinking of was when they take the really old ludes and he uh somehow basically like they kick in way too late and he's at like the country club and he's like i found a new fray or phase it's called cerebral palsy and he just goes limp i love yeah i love how they show him like getting home just fine and then they show him how it really happened yeah (laughs) fantastic uh my favorite character is kind of a deeper cut it is mark Hanna, played by matthew mcconaughey that's not yeah i mean that's that's a good pick it's uh i mean everyone does And, uh, yeah, and he's like, you got to bring those. How many times you jerk off? You ever tried the Wolf of Wall Street challenge? Where you do every drug on the planet and then die? You, just, you go to a restaurant, and then you just order what they ordered while doing cocaine, of course. And no, see how long I, you can last. I have not. Well, we should try it sometime. Ne- never, actually, I used to go to Martini Tuesday a couple of times. Not very great. Martini is very overrated. I thought Gin's- you were about to say, I've never done cocaine. Actually... <laughs> Check that. Do that one time. I swear. <laughs> Vitamin B pills. That's what I was told. I'm I'm surprised it took us to number three to get um, the same pick. So we'll, let's let's finish this out and see if we have any more same picks. We're on to our top two. And I'll get into mine first. Mine has to be obviously one of my favorite films of all time. It was made in 2007. Into the Wild. So you're a leather now. I'm a leather? Yeah, a leather tramp. That's what they call the ones that hoof it. Don't you think you ought to be getting a job and making something of this life? I only got one plan. I'm going to Alaska. Alaska, Alaska? 
We're sitting in Alaska. I'm gonna be all the way out there. Yes, yeah. in the wild. Just, what are you doing when we're there? Now you're in the wild. Just, what are you doing? You're just living, man. Christopher McCandless, son of wealthy parents, graduates from Emory University as a top student and athlete. However, instead of embarking on a prestigious and profitable career, he chooses to give his savings to charity, rid himself of his possessions, and set out on a journey to the Alaskan wilderness. Uh, this is based on um, you know the real life of Christopher McCandless, a.k.a. Alexander Supertramp. Uh, he actually died out in that bus out in Alaska. So that's... I like the true stories. I also... I'm really fascinated by, you know, nature and wilderness because it's just, it's so powerful, uh, super beautiful. You know, we take, like, a lot of things for granted. Like, like you go you wake up for your job and you're already fucking pissed off. And then you, you take a shower and you're not even grateful for you know, the warm water, you know. And this movie does a really good job of, like, putting all that into perspective. And I just, I really, like, respect the fact that it's based on his, you know, it's a true story. I don't think the movie doctored it up too much. Sean Penn directed it, worked with Emil Hirsch and many others. My favorite scene is when he kayaks all the way down to Mexico. Um, they say there's a super long wait line, and it costs a bunch of money to, like, get a kayak permit, and he just thinks that's bogus. And, you know, on the surface, it, if you think about it, it is kind of crazy, and he just says, you know, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself, so... Does it anyway, runs into some foreigners in the movie, you know, eludes the cops and then ends up in Mexico and then that's where shit kinda hits the fan. But I do love how he stayed in South Dakota for a while. Well, that brings me to my favorite character, which is played by Vince Vaughn. Um I, I guess I don't know his character's name, but he's the South Dakota farmer who gets busted selling black boxes. And if you don't know what a black box is, it was illegal cable essentially. You can't. Turns yeah. out, turns out you got to pay for your cable. That was one of the rare cases where I liked the book just as much as the movie. Yep, I did actually. Yeah, I think is this a required reading into the wild? It should be. It's a fantastic. Uh, film. I think everybody's read it, and I definitely have read this one. So, um, yeah, into the wild. You just asked if it was a required reading. I said it should be. It's a fantastic film. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, when you when there's a good movie out and there's a book, like it's a little more incentive to want to read that book. And now that we're talking about it, I did think of a good movie that may have made my list. I'd have to really think about it. But I I love the pick. Uh, fun fact: the bus, the the Fairbanks bus, has been removed because people kept dying trying to get to it. Yeah, or getting injured, and they'd yeah, I'd always have to send in search and rescue, which kind of sucks because I wanted to go see it, and I wanted to get search and rescued. I wonder where it's at now. But I'll get into my number two pick, and I needed one of these movies on my list, and I'm going to go with the 2002 film Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. The surviving members of the Fellowship have split into three groups is my basic explanation. You got Frodo and Sam going to Mordor, trying to destroy the ring. You got Merry and Pippin, who got separated and are hanging out with giant trees, 
the Ents, and you got Legless, Aragorn, Gimli, who are at Helm's Deep trying to destroy an army of 10,000 orcs when they only have, like, 500. In the book, the elves don't come. Okay. But in the movie, they do. It's a great great story in the movie when the elves come to help them out. I could have put all three Lord of the Rings movies on this list, but I wanted just one of them. And it's it's such a good film. The Two Towers has got to be the best of the trilogy. What do you think? I think Return of the King is so close. Like, I had that on my list right away, and I was like, you know what? The Two Towers, I think, impacted me more, and I needed it on my list. And I was like, as much as I like the Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King, I think I need to have the Two Towers, mainly because of this scene. When Legolas jumps on a shield and slides down the stairs as he's pulling out arrows shooting that's orcs. Just ri- that's just ridiculous. And then at the end of it, he shoots the shield off and it stabs an orc. That's, that's just absurd. It's fantastic, which leads me to my what fav- if What if Return of the King went full frontal? Does it, does it leapfrog the two towers? 100%. Okay. The new series coming out on Amazon Prime, I am fully prepared to be disappointed but I'm fully prepared for it to be awesome. The budget of it is like twice Game of Thrones, so it has to be fantastic. Judging by your list, you're always fully prepared to be disappointed. Boom roasted. My favorite character has to be Aragorn. He is just a dude. He leads the troops. I'm a dude. He's a dude. He's a dude. We're yeah. all dudes. And a, a very underrated scene, actually, is when they're starting the battle and the old guy accidentally lets go and it, oh. of the arrow and it shoots an orc right in the face. He just falls and then everyone starts running. Yeah. Top to bottom, great movie. Yeah, What what's the protocol when something like that happens? Are they like, well, he is 87 years old, so... <laughs> But what if they just yell, he's really old. Yeah, let's... Uh, I'm sure the orcs, <laughs> those ugly bastards, are going to be like, oh, it's okay. It's good. Let's, we'll move on uh, with the war, that is, the orcs. Uh, great movie. Battle scene's great. I, I personally recently, I sat down, not in one sitting, I guess, but I, I watched the whole trilogy. I was texting you about it. Uh, followed along the plots, I checking out the characters and the cast. Great overall. Really good pick, Matt. You know, I, I knew Lord of the Rings was going to be on your list at some point, so it's good to see. Let's get into the, you know, the long-awaited, the number one pick. We're doing top ten movies here, episode 89. Top ten movies. We did ten through two. Now it's time for our number one movies. Um, and yeah, these, these are solidified. I think, I, I think it's hard to make a top 10 list, but it's really hard or it's not hard. Excuse me to, to be like, Hey, that's my number one. No doubt. Maybe it is, was for you. But I'm going to get into my number one pick and that's gotta be dumb and dumber. I like you a lot. <laughs> I want to ask you a question straight out. Flat out, I want you to give me the honest answer. What do you think the chances are of a guy like you and a girl like me ending up together? 
Well, Lloyd, that's difficult to say. We really don't... Hit me with it. Just give it to me straight. I came a long way just to see you, Mary. Just least you can do is level with me. What are my chances? Not good. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Best Friends, Lloyd Christmas, played by Jim Carrey, and Harry Dunn, played by Jeff Daniels, stumble across a suitcase full of money left behind in Harry's car by Mary Swanson. The pair decide to go to Aspen, Colorado to return the money, unaware that it is connected to a kidnapping, as Harry and Lloyd, who has fallen in love with Mary, are pursued across the country by hired killers and police, they find both their friendship and their brains tested. Uh, this is pretty obvious. I mean, Dumb and Dumber, one of my favorite movies my whole life, mainly because I could still watch it to this day, and in all honesty, I could tell you that's the first time I ever got that joke. Like, for example, uh, when right when they get to Aspen and they're walking around, um... And, and one of them comments on, like, how good-looking one of the girls is. I think Lloyd does. And then Harry turns around and looks at the guy, and he says, um, wow, he must work out. When I was a kid, or when I was younger, I thought, like, because he worked out, he was macho, so the girls were attracted to him. No, that's not the case. Harry thinks Lloyd is talking about the guy. <laughs> And just just little jokes like that. I mean, yeah. There's what what is the magazine that he buys? Rhode Island slut. <laughs> just get the bare essentials. <laughs> the last of our dough. What do I look like? He's got two cases of beer, an extra large cowboy hat, one of those ping pong paddles. <laughs> you see, hitting. And then he's got a few extra bucks, and he decides to buy a Rhode Island slut. That is us in a nutshell. Yeah. Like Jordan. Or you can send me and get the bare essentials. It's like, we didn't get gas, but we got some beers. We got cheese balls and a 30 rack of bush light. I primmed and propped all these pets myself. <laughs> and then they open and he's just covered in ketchup. I might want to run a comb through them. A lot of great scenes, but my favorite has to be uh, the scenes where the bike cop pulls them over. I mean, it, it just starts out with pull over. He's got like six beers in his hand. And he goes, no, it's a cardigan, thanks for noticing. Lloyd chimes in and says, killer boots, man. Then they get pulled over. You're sucking on Grandpa's old cough medicine. The the cop drinks it. You shut your pile if you know what's good for you, you pumpkin pie haircutted freak. <laughs> and then he drinks it, and, and then obviously, you know, it's not good. And tic-tac, sir, I mean, the whole scene is just... I just described five different jokes from one scene. How I mean, how jam-packed can you get? Um, my favorite character, it's got to be Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey's character, Lloyd Christmas. I mean, it's a horse of peace with Harry and Lloyd. They, they make each other, but mine's Lloyd. What do you think? I, I love the early part of that movie where he's, like, meets her for, like, 
two minutes, and then he's like, "How about a hug?" You no, know, he goes and he goes and knocks on her door, and then she's like, "I'll be out in one minute," and he can hardly stand because he's just so in love. <laughs> <laughs> and then goodbye, my love, and just drills a car, and then. How was work today? Well, I fell off the jetway <laughs> again. Yeah, so <laughs> but, many, so many. Good yeah, ones. so love the pick. Great pick. I'm gonna get into my number one. It's already been mentioned, and it's the 1994 movie Shawshank Redemption. Matt, you went with Shawshank. Count Monte Cristo. That's Cristo, you dumb shit. <laughs> By Alexandre Dumas. Dumbass. <laughs> I, it's it's just such a good movie. It's probably the movie I've seen the most in my life, just because it was always on like TNT or TBS. Growing up, it would always be like, oh, it's every time I'd see it on, I would start watching it, no matter where it was in it. I would start watching the movie. Your number two pick, Lord of the Rings, was also on cable television all the time. Oh, and I would watch it all the time. But this is my like Sunday, mo- like Sunday. Nap movie, like you were saying. Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne. And my favorite scene from the movie is when he first goes and asks Red, Morgan Freeman, for the rock hammer. And they're playing catch, and he's like, well, what are you in here for? And he's like, well, I I didn't do it. And he goes, oh, you'll fit in just great. And he's like, hey, Wood, what are you in for? Didn't do it. (laughs) just throws the ball back to him. I just think it's it's such a good movie. What uh, about when the cop goes to take a deuce and he plays French records? The opera scene is fantastic. And then he just refusing, refuses to open the door. And then he's like, you're mine now. And just breaks the glass. Yeah. And then that guy exits stage right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By blowing his head off. Um. Um, yeah, and, and my favorite character is Tommy, the young gun that comes in that actually like meets the guy that committed the murder of Andy's wife, and they kill him off, which yeah. which was tough. But he also tries to get his uh, not, GED. I was gonna say PhD, the, but yeah, again. yeah, GED, and he goes, I didn't get any questions right. You know what? There's two points right there, and just slams it in the garbage. And he ends up passing. It's like, how hard was the GED? Yeah, Andy Dufresne just becomes a librarian slash high school teacher. Yeah, essentially, one hundred percent. You want to get in some honorable mentions? Yeah, absolutely. We did our top ten, and obviously that was really hard. So let's we're gonna go through just our, some honorable mentions really quick, then we'll wrap up the show. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the list so far, but. Let's talk about honorable mentions. How about you go first? Uh, do you want me to go through all five, or you want me to go? We'll just kind of bounce back and forth. Okay. Uh, my honorable mention, the one that was closest to being number 10 before Accepted was Hot Rod. And I wanted to have Hot Rod on there, but Accepted was just a better movie. Uh, I Mine, I was flirting with the sports movies. So I have two of them I'll, I'll just tell right now. Both football movies I had. Friday Night Lights, absolutely love that movie. I I would say if there was one movie that I get close to like crying every time at the end, Friday Night Lights is probably the number one like almost cry. If I'm whiskey drunk and I'm bawling my eyes out, but you know, I'm, 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 I'm 
I'm a freaking factory of sadness at the end of the one. And then uh, well, Explosions in the Sky. I still listen to them often. Um, Varsity Blues, another great one. Yep. Um, another one I had was I wanted to only have one Leo. Basically all Leo movies. Yeah, ca- Catch Me If You Can. Oh, man. That- Son of a... <laughs> yeah. That, that is a great movie. Like it, okay, you got it, me there. It, it keeps you like enthralled the entire time. I've listened to the audio book. Yeah. A lot different. But. I've listened to like a it was like a forty five minute clip of the actual guy that did it, and he's insane. Yeah, Frank like Abigail. he was so smart. The shit he did, and like the fact that you couldn't do it now, but he was just his mom is just banging his dad's friend. Yeah, <laughs> well, very clearly was doing that. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's tough. I had this is the oldest one, and I'll be honest, I switched this one out with the Big Lebowski last second. But I really like the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, uh, Paul Newman, Robert Redford. So it's really old. Just two outlaws basically doing train robberies. Um, I don't know. I, I wanted it on my list. I couldn't pull it. I kind of wanted that western feel, but Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I've never seen it. I uh, probably need to see it. Um, another one I had was The Martian. Okay. Matt, Matt Damon. I'll go ahead and say one I had was Interstellar. So okay, you know the space. I when I did think of The Martian, but I think Interstellar, like Interstellar, like moves you more. Like literally, like you watch that movie and you're like, you're like all you're like whoa, re- re, you know. The first time relativity? I saw relativity, what? The first time I saw it, I was like, that movie's terrible. I would agree with that. And then when I watched it, like the second, third, fourth, forty-eight. After time, you watched twenty YouTube videos, explaining yeah, oh, yeah, I was like, oh, freaking movie. Yeah, that stuff. Is Basically, nuts. a YouTube video explaining why I'm an idiot. Well, when when they go down to that planet, like covered in water, and they deal with the tidal wave, and like you know the the time relevance is just insane. When they come back from that, like you can feel it, like in your bones, like you you can. You can put yourself in their shoes and be like, holy shit. Like, when he's watching all the videos of his kids. Like like the last 10 seconds we just talked was. Yeah. yeah was Un- unreal. That's wild. What's I only have one more. What do you have left? I have uh, two, but it's pretty pretty similar. It's semi-pro. Okay. Um, mainly just a, a comedy. Got that, Monix? Nope. Great. I mean, Woody Harrelson, Will Ferrell. One of some of the greatest one-liners you'll have in a movie, and the other one was Anchorman. Anchorman, I love. Um, Anchorman came on my radar. I just yeah, it's it's one of those that like I can't put in the top ten. It was a fantastic movie. I even like Anchorman two quite a bit, but it, it's probably one of those that's in the top twenty-five. It's just so hard to get your top ten movies. It's very difficult. So that's why we're talking about honorable mentions. And my last one, it was uh, another Coen Brothers film, the movie Fargo. Uh, not not having anything to do with North Dakota because it doesn't really even p- take place in North Dakota, but it's just uh, it's done really well. Um, and if you if you really look at how it's made with the Coen Brothers and the cast and everything they had them do, uh, done really well. So excellent job in Fargo. That's why it's on my honorable mention. But that's our top ten list of movies. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want, you can DM us or comment your top 10 movies. 
Um, and you know, if we miss something, let us know. Yeah, g- give me give me your favorite movie. Hit me with it. Yeah, tell us your favorite movies. What's up there? And I'll tell you why it shouldn't be on the top ten list. Yeah. What did we miss? What did you like? What did you hate? But that's the top movies, Matt. Let's 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 wrap up the show. Shall yeah, we? guys, I can't thank you enough for listening. I'm just shocked. Matt is just miffed. And uh, yeah, funny. I mean that's our show for the week. So make sure to follow us on social media at NBNH Podcasts on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And uh, tune in next week. We got some big stuff coming. Um, and yeah, I mean I I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, another interview next week, and we'll be back with Cleary's comments for episode 90. You're scared. I'm not scared. You're scared. Schrader, you were scared to try the new flavor of Dr. Pepper. I told you that in confidence, Hans. Schrader, you were afraid when your tooth fell out because you were terrified of the tooth fairy. That's actually a legitimate fear. She was rifling through my shit. Gator don't play no shit. You hear, You feel me? Gator never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. You kidding me? She's hot as hell. Looking for a little slapping pickle. You sure you want to do this, man? You're drunk. I'm drunk. You're drunk. Everybody's drunk. Why do I want this? Yeah. Because I want to make bank, bro. I want to get ass. I want to drive a Range Rover.